Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Jessie Too. And I'm Helen Stanbeck. And you're listening to another podcast episode of Asian Bitches Down Under. going yeah i'm good i was going to ask you first you know how you're feeling like the your mood the scale one to ten or do you want to use the color to identify your mood oh, colors oh my god that's a great way to identify yeah usually uh, another podcast i listen to um they always check in by saying yeah what's your number this week yeah um, i think and- it's what everyone's doing because you know you're you're stuck at home or you have yeah, lockdown but I, situation but in my head hell i'm just thinking like what the fuck does number 10 look like like, you have to literally be a three-year-old to feel 10, you know, because uh, I haven't yeah. felt like, I haven't felt the number 10 since I was four or five. Pure joy, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, like, I kind of live off feeling three or, like, two or one. Like, I, I think my most meaningful moments in my life have been, like, really depressing moments. I know that sounds really morbid, but, like, I just don't like the whole metric, like, we have to quantify. Uh, yeah, I, we have yeah, to measure hard. our um, emotions or our mood or our like our assessment of how our lives are going according to numbers. That's just mm-hmm, such a mm-hmm. male way of seeing the world, don't you think? Like that's yeah. what men have tended to do. Like it's such yeah, a patriarchal you have to put it structure. Into numbers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like oh, this is a rational way of measuring how I feel. Yeah. And what about using color? Yeah, I, I like, like color I much think better. Using color is nice. Yeah, yeah, but then again, you know, people identify color differently to yes. the definition. Like, like black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing wrong with black. No, there know? isn't. It's very yeah. pink and blue. Yeah, you know, genderized. I know. Oh, yeah, I love right. it. Um, I I like that you've asked that. Where did you get that? Oh, it idea? just came up to me. I'm just thinking, like, what you're saying that you know, a lot of other podcasters were using, um quantifying their emotions or their mood by from one to ten or the percentage mm. things like that and i thought oh maybe we can use color but then again you you think about it um color is a very hard to define wouldn't it like i what mean, do you mean like some people could consider that red is a very alarming color yeah, but whereas yeah. you know in chinese culture we talk about red as joyful <laughs> yes yeah so it's very racially um sort of yeah or culturally yeah culturally yeah. affected as well i love that um i think i, I associate the color yellow with joy yeah same or orange yeah yes yeah. i know me too yeah because it's a bit more neutral you know i mean i don't like to de- like in the de- in, de- in definition sorry i don't like using very constricted blue or pink because it's so uh, i don't know socially constrained or gendered gendered yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with pink or blue of course yeah i agree i remember when you were growing up you said your favorite color was blue yeah blue has always been my favorite color you know but then as i i'm becoming more mature i think green pastel green aqua yeah anyway yeah um i i like asking children 
um, very young children what their favorite color is because I find、mm-hmm. that it's indicative of kind of their personality. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Like I asked、um, one of our nephews, Bruce,、mm-hmm. um, what his favorite color was over the weekend. Okay. What did he <laughs> When say? When we had we had a little family gathering over the weekend for one of our sister's kids, Russell. Mm-hmm. And then he had a Back to the Future themed party, which was the best. I dressed up、yeah, as that was fantastic. Buford, Buff, Buff, yeah, Wild in Wild part、West. three, yeah, Wild Wild <laughs> three, part three, the best. And I had a mustache; it was great because <laughs> I've always wanted to be a dude, and I've always wanted to have a mustache.、Um, but、um, Bruce said his favorite color was white. <laughs> oh, okay, what, yeah, that's why, interesting. Why, yeah, Did you ask him why? What? No, tell me first about your reaction because that was an interesting reaction. Well, you just had.、Um, well, to me, I think white is just you know you you consider purity, gentleness. But when you're looking, I don't know what Bruce was thinking. Yeah,、uh, yeah. To to our listeners, Bruce is has just turned four, isn't he? Yeah, he? he's four、yeah. years old. He's the fucking cutest thing in the world. <laughs> um, I thought would be something more bright because white is you don't use white when you're doing coloring as a child. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's not、um, considered like a color. Yeah, yeah. Whereas he's seen that as a okay. color. Okay. Okay. So did you ask him why? No, I didn't. Okay, let's ask him next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think he's the like the most intelligent little kid because like the th- reason I love Bruce is because when you when you watch him interact and get engaged with the world, he's very um observant. Yeah, he just、he's, looks at it, and you, you don't know what's at, what's going on in his brain. Yeah, yeah, and I know this is not uncommon because I've heard people gush about their kids and saying like, "Oh, I love how like little Tommy just like watches on the side of the playground, like as though your child is like this genius or different." <laughs> you know, no, your child is not different. Um, your child is just like every other billion kids、It's、in the world picking up things around. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not saying Bruce is, you know. A genius, but I just I like the way I like. It's not just Bruce as a kid. Like I like people who are observe. Like basically, I have this theory that the world is divided into into, and this is me, obviously being very generalizing,、um, which I don't usually do. But let me indulge here for a second.、Uh, I think the world is divided into two types of people:、um, people who observe and people who are the ones who are being observed.、Mm-hmm. So you are the either the scene. Or the seer,、mm-hmm. yeah, and and I, I'm definitely a seer. Like I'm definitely an, an observer. Yeah,、um, and I think all my friends and all the most interesting people in the world are people who are in this category.、Mm-hmm. And often we're people who are not blessed with good looks, and so we don't have the eyes on us. And we so, don't have the attention that's yeah, placed on us. Yeah, we don't have this exactly. So we actually. Tend to see things that we're not as blind as the people. I think. Like this may make make me sound like a luxist and reverse luxist. Like it makes、mm-hmm. it make me sound as though I'm discriminating against good-looking people, which in a way I am. I'm. I think that good-looking people miss a lot of things because yeah.、Um, yeah. because you're so like tied up and anxious about people watching you. Yeah, and, and so you don't relax. You don't, you don't relax, and you in a way to pick up reflect. Exactly,、um, you don't see other people. Yeah, I mean, you you only you'll be only centering on yourself. Yeah, exactly. How you present to other people. Yeah. Rather than looking at other people, what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So on that point, I want to just mention that I watched、um, Hannah Gatsby's Douglas、uh, again. 
Yeah, okay, because we went to see the show. Yeah, went to see it last year, was it? Yeah. Yeah, last year at the Opera House in Sydney. Yeah. Was it December? Yeah, it was in December. Wow, that seems like. I felt like it was in January last year. Oh, does it because of the pandemic? I think. Yeah. Everything. Everything. Everything feels longer. Yeah. 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 So I watched with my. Uh, husband slash yeah Sean and he said slash what? <laughs> I was going to say husband slash partner I don't know whether or not I'm going to use like a very gender term to describe it now because I'm so conscious about my linguistic you know usage yeah oh, usage worry. but he's your husband legally yeah so. legally anyway so um, he says she's brilliant I mean because I cry so much when I watch the net and yeah. when I I. Actually, I watched the net after I, we were seen Douglas. Oh, did you? Yeah, I went back yeah. to see it because the first time I saw it, like probably around mid, you know, mid year last, you know, last year, and then I went in for like five minutes and I fell asleep. I was thinking, okay, this is not interesting, but then mm. you invited me to see Douglas with you, mm. so I thought that okay, I have to see the net, and I just, you know, well, yeah, it just blew my mind off. Anyway, I know she's yeah, I love that so Sean. Why did Sean say she's a genius? Um, he didn't say that she's a genius, but he he said that she's um, she's brilliant in how she expresses. So in oh. the turn that um, the people that she's making fun of it will understand <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. Because she talked about you know how America is very, it's just like a culture of you know overly confident white male. Yeah, you know, she put she exactly she put exactly an equal sign, you know, and also um, how Mm. she was talking about um, her autism and her observing around how she'd been observing around her well in the uh, perspective, you know, in her lens of being an autistic person. Mm. Yeah, so that I think that's probably the thing that Sean found it. That yeah. she did very well. I remember, yeah. like, um, I think going to see Douglas with you really changed things. It really changed the way I saw the world. Okay. Because how, um, how so? Well, it was that part when she talked about, like, for the listeners who haven't seen it, you really need to do it. It's like mandatory viewing. Yeah, um, I think I was going to. I, I started watching it. And I thought that, oh my god, because we started watching it very late at night. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to watch it again with my son. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, but the thing that changed it for me was when she really just said, "The what was that region or well, the woman's body named after the man's name?" Uh, Pouch of Douglas. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, the it's pou- between. Yeah. It's between your front button and your back button <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what, how um, she described it here yeah and then from that day on i still remember it very distinctly when we walked out of the opera house and everyone was like buzzing the whole audience yeah. was just, like thousands mm-hmm. of people just buzzing from one person's rhetoric you know that's yeah. so fucking powerful i love that she yeah. has that power such an influence i know um and yeah. i just remember every day till then i've been noticing that every single thing is named after a man Yeah, you become so self-conscious about it, wouldn't you? Yeah, and how much that really affects the way we move through the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Little things, the tiniest things that, the fact that it's named after a man, you know, I just, it makes me Mm -hmm. really put into 
sort of a very a very visualized kind of mood in my brain about how deeply ingrained um, male supremacy and male privileges like it's yeah, so it's yeah. like I, I just kept thinking what would I what kind of life I would lead and also how would I think about myself how differently would I think about myself as a human mm-hmm. being if I walked around if I moved in a body where things were named after people of my gender like yeah. would I feel more would I feel more powerful like and yes would I feel more entitled yes I like think so. I would just it's just uh, like a very logic you know um I, I think it's just very logic for a lot of possibly a lot of men that just out there because and kids as well you know you you put a immediate hierarchy between exactly two gender exactly exactly yeah. that's when, the, that's when the you're thing. born and then you know mm-hmm. the world presented in you there's a very you know um clear hierarchy i know yeah, yeah. and i feel like i still really 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 feel that um it's not something that men are conscious of no because why would not. you because why would you like why would you yeah, want because to they be... were told that this is normal yeah exactly a- anything else is not normal Exactly, exactly. So right. Do you have any news to talk about? Or should we um, jump in? Yeah, Yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. well, this week's um, podcast, we're talking about Asian people in Hollywood films. Mm -hmm. And also, relatedly, we're talking about um, the white savior complex, which is often used as a plot device in films, popular films. Um, But yeah, so this week I watched a couple of movies that I wanted to, and a couple of things I wanted to mention. Um, I watched Kate and Leopold. You know oh, that okay. Yep, yeah. Yeah. I think Travel it's from back the, in time. <laughs> yeah. It's from the early noughties and, and it has, of course, the best um, rom-com lead, Kate, um, not Kate, sorry. Her name is Kate in there. Um, Meg Ryan and the male lead is Helen to your Jack favorite. Man. No, not yeah. anymore. Really? Yeah. I, I never liked him. He was just kind of like, Two, I'm two, I've got to say, yeah, uh-huh. he, two Jackman is too polished for me. Oh, okay. Like yeah, he's he I don't too feel perfect. Like, yeah, there's I don't feel like nothing, there's, there's no no flaw in him and his life. He's been leading the perfect life and things like that. I just feel like is he doesn't really have much complexity. Like he's a great actor, obviously, and he's very charming, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. kind of like the um, he's kind of like the um. The no frills Woolworths brand of alpha males. Yeah, that's yeah, how that's I true. see him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like you can't fault him because he's just too generic. Yeah, and I yeah, find that I really agree. dull and boring. Uh-huh. I find that really boring. Like I, I, I like men who are more like different. He's not very different. Like he, yeah. he's not. And the roles in... that he's been playing, yeah. it's pretty much all the same, isn't it? Well, is that a, I know? think his best role was in The Prestige with Christian Bale and Scarlett Johansson. Have oh, you seen that? Oh, yeah. I yeah, actually I like gone that. through the half film. I should finish that film. Oh, I that's a really good film. Read half of that book as well. I don't know why I always oh, yeah, go book, through yeah. half. Yeah. Um, what did, well, what's your favourite Hugh Jackman film? I actually like how he played Wolverine. I know that it sounds <laughs> tacky, but I think Wolverine <laughs> is a very complex character. Uh-huh. So, in a sense that because I'm looking at the character rather than the actor himself, right. yeah. So, because um, I'm a big geek, 
I don't know. Amongst all my girlfriends, I'm a super big geek, so I follow a lot of you know Marvel DC films. So I think、um, within X Men, I think I liked him playing Wolverine because he's a very complex character with trauma and things、mm. and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying.、Um, I don't actually have、um, a favorite. I have to say before I tell you how I feel about Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you say you're geek just because you like Marvel. Like, it feels like you're diminishing yourself because you have. No, it's a super. I'm proud of it. Just, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, but that label geek sounds like it's. Oh yeah, socially、derogatory. people think yeah people think it's derogatory, but also well, people、stupid. think it's derogatory. You know, calling people bitch, but you know you're、oh. just. Gonna have、oh, to take it on her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool, yeah. cool. Okay. Continue. Um. But、uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. I think Prestige. Maybe or that or that、mm-hmm. one movie. I forget what it's called. Um. He loses his son, and then or daughter, and then he goes looking for them. I don't remember、oh, what it's called. Okay. But I remember yeah, seeing it on a plane yeah, somewhere. I remember. I remember that one. I, I I can't remember the name either. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, those kind of movies that just gets buried. <laughs> You yeah, know, it's, yeah. You, you don't. Yeah, it's not box, selling the box office, so it's not dramatic yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. But um, he hasn't made a movie in a while, hey. Um, no, I don't think so. I, yeah, I haven't been following him for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of old now. <laughs> yeah, he's into his fifties. Is he? Ah,、oh, he's probably still、yeah. a hunk. Um, yeah.、Uh, yeah, swimming in with his, with his like family in Bronte. He's often spotted around Bronte. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So this movie, Kate and Leopold. I remember, like, I have actually never seen it, even though、okay. I'm obsessed with、um, rom coms.、Uh-huh. But I remember, I I wanted to watch it this week because、um, my favorite, like the my favorite teacher, he wasn't actually my favorite when I was in high school, but in hindsight, he was really, really deeply influential in who I am as a writer now and how I move through the world. His name was Mr. Douglas. I had him at Carlingford High School. Mm-hmm. And he was、okay. my English teacher in year nine, up until year eleven, and、mm-hmm. he um he was I'm not sh- I I we always thought he was gay because he was quite feminine, okay um but in hindsight I think maybe he was and this is the reason why he was able to point out a lot of interesting things to me now that I think back on it but yeah he he taught us like he was the most influential teacher because he um. He was able to like number one. He he taught us、um, a doll's house, which is like kind of the seminal feminist text. Yeah, yeah you mentioned it before. Yeah. yeah, a doll's house that really marked、um, my change in the way I saw myself as a woman.、Um, I'll talk about a doll's house later in an, in another podcast. But、um, mm-hmm. one time we were I don't know what we were talking about, but we were watching films, and he had mentioned that a lot of films end up where the woman. Gives up her own career for the love of a man, and then okay,、yeah. I think I think we even watched、uh-huh, the end.、Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember he showed us the end of Kate and Leopold,、uh-huh. and、um, like, have you seen it? Yes, I've seen it.、So、okay, yeah, so the relation to what Kate did eventually yeah, in the film. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. So the film, if you haven't seen it, is、um, a modern day advertising、um, executive high up in the senior ranks. Um, well, she's about to be Kate.、Um, Played by Meg Ryan, she is living in modern-day New York, and then、um, in the beginning of the film, we are—it's set in 1876, and、um, Hugh Jackman plays a duke.、Yeah, um, so and there's he, a crossover between the time and then. Yeah, and、met. he um, and he um needs to be married. 
by midnight and then um, he sees um, this guy randomly take pictures of him and then he follows him and then um, follows him to the Brooklyn Bridge which is like kind of half built at this stage and then he falls down the bridge or something like that and then suddenly he wakes up in modern day um, New York mm-hmm. so he's and this guy played by Liv Shriver I think that's how you say his name um, He, I think he was married to Naomi Watts anyway this guy um, he had found a loophole in time or something continuum something to do with time travel and um, so now Leopold is in modern day New York and then he and Kate fall in love and then at the end she scores a very very big role as vice president of the New York branch of her agency and then um, in the very end, she decides she would give that up and return to Leopold's time in 1876 because she loves him. Mm-hmm. So and when was this movie made? Do you remember? Did, did um, it, I think was it's... Was it pre-2000? Um, I think it's post-2000. Okay. Because I think... I don't know. I think um, there's more women that's choosing career over a relationship now. I mean, oh, it's 2001. Kind of it's 2001. Yeah. I don't um, know if there's such... Because I, I, well, I, I, I haven't I, been following rom-coms for the last couple of years. Well, because rom-coms have died. They're now yeah, completely un-PC. Which is good, I think. It's perfect, I think. It's like a movement for feminists. <laughs> yeah, know, I know. But, but the thing yeah. is, I love rom-coms. I guess it keeps your like imagination open, you know? You know how we grew up, we were fee- fed with... Yeah. Disney princess stories, but then when you become an adult, you know those are all shit, <laughs> non-existent. Like I, yeah, like one of my favorite films growing up was The Wedding Planner, which I saw with you and Lise. Oh, I like know. Wedding Planner for the yeah. sake of its music. <laughs> That's it. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like with Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey. Like, oh, that one. Sorry, I yeah. was thinking the my my best friend's wedding shit. Yeah, okay, which I Wedding also Planner. Loved. Yeah, I've seen that one as well. But yeah, I don't know. I I like watching rom-coms, but I think it's something for me to relax, but I don't indulge myself in it. Yeah, you know that I like love, actually, yeah, <laughs> because exactly. of the cast, but yeah. I don't indulge myself. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, It's so comforting. Like, rom-coms are so comforting. I, I love rom-coms because, like, people are so witty and, like, everything works out in the end. Yeah. It's like my it's so, perfect it's too, world. It's extremely popular in Asian countries, I think. Oh, yes. The soap dramas, yes. Korean dramas, you know, Japanese dramas. You have to have the elements of love relationship in a, to make it work. Yeah. But I, I've stopped watching those kind of genres. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so, like, I've been thinking about Kate and Leopold since I've watched mm-hmm. it. And I was just like... Um, the reality would be absolutely horrifying because she's going back into a time where women couldn't even vote. So, like, oh what, yeah, what I the know. fuck? If you think which woman? Reality, shit. Yeah, if, which woman would go back to eighteen seventy six? That's just stupid. you know, that's yeah. I know it's the most stupid thing ever. Like, it, not even someone like Hugh Jackman would be worth it. Yeah, true. So it was a mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah, but uh, what's interesting is like, you know, like when when people think people talk about the way films are gendered and so like mm-hmm. people will be like oh let's like gather a, a bunch of girlfriends and watch a rom-com whereas men would be like oh let's catch an action flick you know how movies are gendered that way 
what's really yeah, interesting but i don't do yeah. that <laughs> i know me too me too but um what's really interesting is that every single like almost every single rom-com made in the 90s and the 40s noughties mm-hmm. um they were written by a man like a lot of these rom-coms were written by men because they're very um like at the end of the day they they at the end of the day, the male protagonist is scores the woman, scores the money, yeah. scores everything. Yeah, exactly. And a woman yeah. always is somehow diminished. Yeah, shit. Like, like even even uh, my favorite rom com, you've got male. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Meg Ryan's even character, with Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, like he he's still the one who wins all the cards. <sighs> like he fucking yeah, shuts I down know. her store. Yeah. But Leo, so we're made to believe. Oh, it's okay because she now falls in love She's with got him. And... The man, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about. Um, uh, <laughs> we're going into like twenty minutes, and then that's okay. Um, but I also want to say, mm-hmm. um, last night, um, I, I really late at night, I watched the first episode of. Um, what did I watch? Oh yeah, the the documentary on Jeffrey Epstein. Which is oh, on Netflix. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really disgusting. Ugh. That's all I wanted to say. Like, uh-huh. that okay, guy... I'll have a look through it. Yeah, I can. yeah. It's... We'll be able to go through it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's come back to our main topic um, for this podcast. Uh, we'll be talking about Asians in Hollywood and, you know, the Western entertainment industry. Um, so when we think about Asians in Western and Hollywood films or even TV shows, um, for our listeners, who would you be thinking of? You know, who who would you be? Who would be your earliest memory of non-white Lucy um, Liu character? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, or the Asians on the silver screen. Um, for me, the more uh, impressive ones are usually are uh, all after like post two thousand. You know, I, I really start seeing more Asians in Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, without mm-hmm. the mention. Like, I don't want to talk about Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee because they're kind of overrated and they've been yeah. stereotyped in a certain role. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had to. I have to say it's um, Harold and Kumail. You probably haven't heard of them. No, I because know. That's it's, with John Cho. Yeah, it's a terrible and ridiculous, you know, jackass type of comedy. I hate you know, with, with John Cho playing um, Harold Lee. Um. And the other one will be Sandra Oh. Even though I didn't follow Grey's Anatomy, but she appeared, you know, very frequently on the ad, you know, for mm. Grey's, Grey's Anatomy. And also, of mm. course, as you mentioned, that Lucy Liu in um, Charlie's Angel. What other, which other, was she in Ali McBeal? Was that yeah, the she one was, that she was yeah. in? Yeah. God, Ali McBeal was fucking crazy Popular. big when we were growing up, hey. Yeah, but I never watched that. No, I never watched it too, because I remember just it was just full of sex. Yeah, which and I thought it that was we repulsive. were pretty much for people to yeah. for <laughs> because we were we grew up in a family where sex is like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> On screen is like kissing, and you you know someone's yeah, gonna when, turn it yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. When we channel, watched, yeah. Like, yeah, I grew, uh, yeah, I grew up watching films with my dad a lot. That's like the one thing we share. But like I remember, yeah, when we whenever a kissing scene came up, he would be like, he would be like literally, he would uh, pass me the remote, and, yeah, and say, "Oh my god, stop." Cover your eyes. As <laughs> so though, so like we were watching. As though we were watching. I don't know. Just it's like it just... it's okay to see someone's head chopped off. It's yeah. so Americanized. Fuck. You know, yeah. You give, yeah. It's okay to see someone's been shoot or you know someone's head been chopped off, but someone's starting to have sex. Or you, when you when you know that the 
the mood has been settled into that kind of um that I don't know the scenes coming up to having you know two people having sex and our parents is always like you know pass me the remote or someone change the channel yeah change the channel <laughs> I wonder why they were so prude yeah prude. we should ask them prudish well because yeah. you know conservatives mm-hmm. um I've also recently began to watch the last emperor you know more die Huang Di it's it's that? apparently it's um. It's a streaming on SBS uh, on demand now. I'm not quite sure if this is the fact, but I read it somewhere that apparently it's the only movie that's been made in China's um, Forbidden City mm, with an American crew. Mm-hmm. So the movie is actually very old. It goes for three hours. So it follows the life of the last uh, emperor of China. Mm-hmm. So it begins from the early 1900s to the mid 1900s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm only 20, like half an hour into the movie, so it's very mm-hmm. slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we want to, when we came up uh, with the idea to talk about Asians uh, in Hollywood, to just give you the idea of how underrepresented the non Anglo characters are on, uh, let's talk about Australian television first. Um, <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Okay, here's the data I've got. So the okay. Screen Australia's 2016 report states um, 32% of Australia have first or second generation backgrounds other than, you know, Anglo-Celtic compared to only 18% of main characters in TV dramas in the last five years. I don't know where they got, like, I, I obviously I don't know how they, you know, compile that data, but 18%, I don't feel like it's 18%. Or maybe I'm not yeah. watching enough. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think um, if we think about it, you know, I don't know what our listeners would think that, you know, what are the reasons that there's not enough Asians or non-Anglo in entertainment industry? To me, it's probably um, conservative mindset, you know, perhaps it's not a money-making career for a lot of Asians. Mm, exactly, yeah. yeah. Again, art-focused careers are considered yeah. <laughs> to be, you know, a very poverty-induced career. Yeah, exactly. You know, and also there's another um, say of um, describing the in- entertainment industry, you know, people sleep their way up to the top. Right. You know, I that's that's what I got from our mum before when she was really? talking about... Yeah, yeah, I remember mum saying that, oh... Entertainment industry is very messy, you know, uh-huh. the woman there. Well, she's coming out, um, you know, from her very perspective, her, her very conservative perspective, yeah. as in, yeah. you know, this, you're there as a show. Like, there's no, you don't need to invest anything except for your appearance for her, right. I right. think. Right. Yeah. Well, like, I remember. Even, yeah. yeah, go on, go on. You say. I was going to say, I was just going to make you say the last thing um, before you go ahead. Um, even for Asian males, you know, um, according to uh, director Kwan, he's the um, director for Crazy Rich Asians, he said mm-hmm. that most attractive, dynamic, and smart 25 year old Asians are becoming actors, you know, and the ones, especially from Asia, are working for Google or um, as an engineer or neurosurgeons, you know, the kind of part of the experience of growing up as Asian, you know, and also uh, he said that being an actor has not been viable in the meaningful ways for most Asian people. Totally. Mm -hmm. 
because the people in power, the people who are behind the biggest movies, are usually white, and um, they usually create stories where um, the white person is centered. Yeah, where the white person is centered or represented in a superior way, and then at the expense of everyone else. Yeah, yeah. like it's always um, someone must always pay um, for someone else to look good. Yeah, and yeah. and 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 um, consequently, people who skin color is not white usually are pushed to very marginalized roles. Mm-hmm, like a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of this kind of discussion we're having came out. A lot of articles were coming out around this issue when um, Crazy Rich Asians came out. Like mm-hmm. I know a few pieces were written in the New York Times where a couple of like Chris Pang, for instance, and Romy Rom. What's that guy? The comedian, um, Romy the- something. Ronnie Chan, Ronnie Chan, yeah, Chen, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were they had small parts in uh, Crazy Rich Asians, and they <coughs> mm-hmm. they're in their thirties, I believe, and they they spoke out in these articles when they were interviewed about how they've spent years and years and years going through casting calls after casting calls after casting mm-hmm. calls of yeah. um, and always having roles where they are required to play dumb ass. Um, uh, dumbass characters where they need to put on an accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll um, be, I'll be uh, giving you some of the examples as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But just on your point about what Mum said, that's interesting. Uh-huh. I didn't know that about what she said that because um, I remember Kev, our brother Kev, um, when mm-hmm. he was in year twelve, he made this film, an animation film that was oh that, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that won an award. That he won an award. And yeah, we he won a really prestigious award. Still waiting with our parents to the powerhouse yeah, museum yeah, to yeah, accept his award. Yeah, I still have a clipping of the newspaper. Do you? That's so sweet. Yeah. yeah, and then he was in the papers. Like he was gonna. Like I remember thinking when I was, I think I was like twelve when that happened to Kev, and yeah. I remember thinking, this is wow. pre Pixar. Yeah, I yeah. remember thinking, wow, like my brother's going to be like this hotshot director in Hollywood one day. I was so proud of him and I was looking forward to having someone in that world, in our family. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember saying this to mum, saying, oh, don't you hope like Kevin will make it one day in the big world of directors and Hollywood? And my mum, I remember my mum saying this very distinctly. She said, nah, no way. Like I wouldn't want him to go into that world. That's a, yeah. that's a um, she said, 不正常. Like meaning not that's normal. just like not normal people go into yeah. that kind of world. Yeah, yeah. I think she's always had a perception of, um, apart from how which her mind was socially constructed with an Asian conservative mindset. You know, um, you're either in a businessman or you're very, I don't know, a so-called prestigious. Um, I can't even use that word to describe all the other careers. For example, the lawyers or doctors or engineers. You know, like yeah. Something that's stable, like for her, um, yeah. probably in art industries or filming, filmmaking, even animation for her is a bit unstable. Yeah, you know, you don't have a stable income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole stability thing is rooted it's very in important. our yeah, yeah. It's rooted in our history. Like our grandfather's like literally starved in the civil war in China. Mm-hmm. Like when he was sixteen, he ate like a leather belt because he couldn't find food for three weeks. Like yeah. this is very real to us, and so mm-hmm. I understand how my father, our parents, like it is very real, and it's very important yeah, for us. You to always feel insecure be, about yeah. not being stable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Stability. I understand that, but I think my privilege and my gift has been that my parents have, because of that, um, ha- 
and and I guess because I've worked in a stable job in the last mm-hmm. nine ten years as a teacher, now I feel like there is no other way to be but do what I want to do, and that doesn't mm-hmm. mean a that doesn't necessarily mean a stable job for me at least. Yeah, that's yeah. such a gift, man. Like, yeah, definitely, it's not yeah. something I take for granted at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. Okay, so. On the other side, um, this is Americans' data. Um, so, as an Asian defined by the Census Bureau, you know, in in US, is anyone who's uh, who has origins in the original people of Far East, Southeast Asia, or the Indian subcontinent, including Cambodia, China, India, Japan, Korea, Malaysia, Pakistan, the Philippines, Island, Thailand, and Vietnam. And also, according to the 2018 fact sheet, the United States Asian population is led by 4.9 million Chinese. Um, I don't know; it seems a bit low to me. Mm. Um, it's excluding um, Taiwanese, which I, I found it's a bit strange. I don't know why、mm. they have to separate. And 4.1 million Indians, 3.9 million Filipinos, 2.1 million Vietnamese. 1.8 million Koreans and 1.5 million Japanese.、Um, mm. I found a bit strange that Japanese number is lower. So low? Yeah, yeah. But again, conflict,、uh, conflating Asians with East Asia, boiling down to Asian American experience to one face that really doesn't, you know, actually suit all. You know, sometimes at best、yeah. is proved. We all know that progress is slow in reinforcing boundaries around. You know whose representation representation matters, and also you could alienate people who are already being cast aside with in the Asian category. We know that Asia is such a diverse, you know, continent, and you know the challenges challenges they to portray portray on on screen. You know, also you know you've got to consider Indians, Pakistani, Muslims representation. Mm, mm. So even so, that I think that even we have Asian Americans narratives. That is appearing on screen slowly. You know, there's also the effects of our understandings, understandings of anti-Asian prejudice and discriminations. You know, within the Asian categories.、Mm. You know how,、um, like, I know that some Asians, a particular group of Asians, will probably discriminate another group of Asians.、Yeah. You know, within the you're all Asians, but just because the skin tone. Is a bit different. There's always discrimination within, and also we need to take in consideration of the mixed Asians. How are they being categorized? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so、um, I guess we are coming to the end of May、um, in US. I I don't know why we don't have this in Australia. Anyway, in US, it's Asian Pacific American Heritage Month.、Um, We picked this topic、um, that because I saw a short clip which I sent you as well from a media outlet、uh, called Character Media. It's an、uh, Asian American in entertainment. So the clip、mm-hmm. has a combination of scenes of Asians in Western films from the 1910 to very recent. Um, I guess when we're talking about ethnicity films, I ask myself whether or not the film has recruited diversity of Actor, actress, as character, or whether or not the film is just fully Asian and been cast, you know, all Asian um, actors. Um, for example, you know how Crazy Rich Asians 
had such a hype two years ago when it first came out. I don't know. I didn't really like it. You know, to me, even though it had been labeled as a production of Hollywood, but the cast is all Asian. It it seems to me it's overly tokenistic. Oh yeah, and whereas other films that probably incorporate Asians as one of the one or two of the film's character, you know, um, you know, like for example, Ocean, Ocean's Eight, you know, it's led by yeah. Sandra Bullock. The film's got Aquafina and Mindy Kaling. Yeah, casters yeah. to you know to represent diversity. I thought that was, you know, a bit that was done pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Well, so with the clip that we saw, or that I mentioned before, um, I didn't know that it was so whitewashed. Um, even uh, sorry, it's whitewashed now, you know. But mm. at the very beginning, that a lot of Asian or Chinese characters been played by white, white people. people. Yeah, yeah. And one of the surprise that came to me was that um, a film called The Good Worth. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have read the book. It's a uh, it's by Pell S. Barks. Uh, it's one of the earliest books that I read um, that's got Chinese characters in it. You know, right. as uh-huh. in it's an English novel, but it's got Chinese mm-hmm. characters in it and it's set uh-huh. in China. Yeah, and even though it's written by a white woman, you know, but because she's been living in like Shanghai for like decades. is Pell is, is Bark a white woman? Yes, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Um. Uh, so the movie actually they actually made into a movie I never knew that they actually made into a movie in the 30s mm-hmm. and they cast white like white actors to play Chinese farmers yeah yeah wow yeah so they do yeah. that with black people as well you yeah know, black face. Yeah. yeah yeah with whitewashing you know I-, I thought that it will be a bit improved you know in the recent time but Oh, one of the films that I haven't seen, but I didn't really want to mention it. It's The Last Airbender. Ooh. Oh my god! Yeah, you Cringe. know, for for, totally for those for those people for for the listeners who doesn't know, you know, it's basically a fantasy slash magic type of genre. It's like a it started as an animation, you know, in the backdrop of Asian culture. But the movie cast a white kid to play the Asian. Protagonist. Oh, are you kidding? Are you? Oh my god! Yeah. Who who is the actor? I don't know the kid's name, but you can okay. tell that he's white. Oh yeah. yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, my daughter's obsessed with that animation at the moment. I'm. Th- I don't know. I'm struggling to decide whether or not that she should see the film. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, what about what do you think about? I have so many thoughts running through my head. What about um, Jack Black being the panda? Oh, okay. Is that bad? Because uh, Jack Black is obviously not Asian, uh-huh. and then he's he's voicing a. Uh, I would say most people would consider a panda to be an Asian, Asian. animal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I do you think know. about that? Because it's an animation. I yeah. I can't see the visual in that, you know, and I don't know. For the majority of the audience of that, by like animation, how they feel the connection, right? Of race, how how mm-hmm. do they make the relevance of connection in the race when they see that movie? Maybe maybe we should ask the, a kid about that. You know, yeah. like I don't. It, <sighs> maybe a I feel kid bad doesn't... saying it. Yeah, I feel bad saying it that I don't think that it was a problem, but but who knows? 
But who knows? Like, yeah. yeah. But but um, I know. I think it does, and I'll tell you why. Mm. I I think back to Toy Story. Okay. Yep. And and the fact that Tom Hanks was Woody and um, Tim Allen was Buzz Lightyear was really really big for me. Like I I saw them not as Woody and Buzz, but as Tim Allen and, and Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I think I it, for me it did matter who those voices were. Okay. Why yeah. why is that? Do you think because the characters they already already build the characteristics they build in their other films yeah, that yeah, fit I think them the into actors, that role? Yeah, yeah, and they're both charming. Like Tom Hanks is so charming and charismatic, and so is Tim Allen. Yeah, and funny as well. Both. Yeah, them, yeah, I know. Yeah, so I think it does matter. I think people yeah. would. I think kids would know that it's Jack Black behind the panda. Yeah, and I think they can make the. Relatively, like I shouldn't be body shaming, but it's just you know the, the <laughs> he's, character he's, he's always been. Yeah. The character that Jack Black has always played is pretty much fit into Paul, you know the yeah. the panda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you're you know, so right. Kind of that. like a funny, clumsy, chubby, chubby, <laughs> yeah. chubby, cute little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What about the Great Wall? Matt Damon's oh, film from 2016. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. I, seen that one I don't want to see it because it's so whitewashed. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and the Scar- other one will be... Um, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that's yes. very, very debatable. So apparently, um, the I think the director is actually Indian background. Yeah, so I don't know why he couldn't find a Asian... Or at least Amer- Asian American actress to play that yeah. part. So yeah. his reason was that he couldn't find an Asian American female lead to to attract the box office. Yeah, well, so it all that's comes a very shitty. Yeah, of the day. Yeah, yeah, and also I um, I asked around both white and Asian. Um, fans of the Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. That's a movie. Um, it's very debatable because some say that oh, because the original animation that it is the character, it is like Caucasian female, mm. but it's mm. a Japanese person that's trapped in Caucasian body. That's why they. <laughs> I don't know. Is this sounds so stupid? So convoluted. It's unnecessarily convoluted. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's money. Yeah, of you course. Know, Scarlett Johansson is going to bring in the money. Yeah. That's all they have to say. God damn it. Um, yeah, yeah, which is why, which is why the only, I think the only way, well, I don't think so, but the only way that things can change is, I don't know, make a lot of money and then try and change the world some other way where, yeah. you, where yeah. you can afford to lose money. Like my mm. ultimate dream is to one day open a cinema in the hub. The hub is like this section of Newtown um, in Sydney. Uh-huh. It's the inner west of Sydney, my favourite suburb. And it's like this abandoned cinema. Like it used to be a cinema, I believe, or okay. uh, some sort of a, a theatre place. Is it near Edmore? No, it's near it's Newtown Station. Okay. Uh-huh. And it's dilapidated. It's been dilapidated for years and nothing's made of it. And I have this dream of opening a cinema one day where I only play um, films directed by women or written by women. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's good. And and seriously, that that is a real dream of mine, which I honestly just like can't wait for it to happen. But mm-hmm. like I've been telling a lot of people about it, and like um they and 
Kev, our brother, says the only way to do that is if you kind of, like, number one, like, make a lot of money somehow. And Mm -hmm. then, like, because I'm ultimately not going to be able to make a lot of money from this cinema because it's not going to... no one's turning up. (laughs) Yeah, not a lot of people are going to turn up. Um, And that is, like, at least the reality within my lifetime. Mm -hmm. But, like, I have to be able to set it up so that I can afford to lose money on it, you know? It's just yeah, a dream. Yeah. It's a dream project. Yeah, I know that and, would be very ideal. Like yeah. you have some sort of like a continuously internal female or female crew, you know, movie or something like that. Like it's yeah. definitely possible because there are enough female directed films out yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah they just, just haven't been, you know, direct. The attention has been placed on them enough. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like on any given day, you go to the cinema, Mm -hmm. um, I will bet on my, like, I will bet $50 that um, 9 out of 10 of the films, probably 10, uh, have been directed by men. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just such Mm -hmm. a norm. It's such a norm. And then, yeah, when I mention my idea, my dream idea of opening a cinema that's only directed, uh, for films only directed by women, I think people are like, they take they get taken aback. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. why are you suddenly focusing on this? Yeah, on women. Know, the yeah. Of director because you've because everyone's been growing up watching you know men made films. Exactly. They don't think the difference. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just also yeah, want to mention okay. um, mm-hmm. uh, a famous American actress, um, Anna May Wong. She was um, sort of uh, like yep. the first, yeah, Chinese American Hollywood movie yep. star. Oh, when you, when you just mentioned the name, sorry, something just came up. She was, she actually, um, I'm pretty sure, if I'm mistaken, our listeners can kind of yeah leave comments and yeah correct me. I think she's the one that had audition for The Good Earth, which is the film that I yeah. just mentioned. Yeah, but she didn't get the part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. She didn't get the part because yeah. she was. She was just Asian. <laughs> she was Asian, and then it went to fuck. a freaking Louise um, Rayner. Yeah. Like who the fuck is that? Sorry. No, just kidding. Okay. So should we talk about Oland? Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, Oland. Yeah. Should we talk about the films that we watched um, according to the the topic that we talk about today well yeah i'll I'll just start by saying Mm -hmm. um in and it's i'll mention this film in relation to what we've been talking about in the last couple of minutes have you seen the half of it no i haven't okay Um, i i haven't because i've seen oh i'm so easily influenced by critics you know people are saying that it's not good well it's not good yeah but so what i still wanted to watch it it's very wide it's got no relations even so that they put in the, you know, an Asian character in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I wanted to see it because um, I want to be able to see how... Um, what what at people least are talking main, about. Yeah, at least what mainstream, um, what mainstream movies are doing to a f- Asian female-centered character, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I had to watch to all the boys I've ever loved, part one and two. Oh yeah, I like yeah, yeah, yeah. which I've seen that one. Like, oh my god, it is so ludicrously. It's so, YA. It's, it's so um. It's in the YA, yeah. Well, like the sec- the first one was okay. It was tolerable, 
Um, even though the guy she falls in love with is the most like repulsively generic white dude, played by Noah mm-hmm. Centerio, who's this like mm-hmm. um, conservatively good-looking schmuck, um, but like apparently in real life he's a dickhead, and I'm I wouldn't be surprised to he you know if that was true. Anyway, um, and the second part was awful because um, she ends up having to choose between this like the most loveliest dude um, who's kind of like perfect in every way, but he's kind of shorter and skinny. um, And he's also, I believe black. I I don't know if I would call him black, black, but he's definitely dark skin. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget what his name is. John someone. But Mm -hmm. anyway, she had, the character had met him when they were in some sort of youth UN group. So he's Mm -hmm. like, he's interested in the world as well. And at the end, she had to choose between her boyfriend, who is this like white piece of trash, who always hogs um, the last piece of pizza. That was like a thing that um, oh. the other guy had mentioned. Like he said, "Oh, isn't it funny that um, I don't even remember the main guy's name? Like he's just so boring." Um, he he was like, "Oh, isn't it funny that he always hogs the last piece of pizza without asking mm-hmm. anyone?" Like, mm-hmm. and like in the end, this this girl ends up choosing her her crappy selfish boyfriend. boyfriend over this darling beautiful nice guy like just yeah. a plain nice guy who I also wonder... happened to be fucking hot so both of them uh-huh. are fucking hot but like the white guy who she keeps as her boyfriend is just more generically conservatively alpha male hot mm-hmm. and it's just so di- mm-hmm. disappointing that that this movie would have her end up with this dickhead like for me i'm angry about it because like all these girls who are like eight years old and like 12 year old girls who are watching this are learning that this is the kind of guy to choose you know like yeah it's seriously disappointing like, that nothing has so... changed if you're watching oh my God. from watching disney princess movies to i know this kind of genre now it seems like, like there's very it is... minimal Progress. It's so infuriating because um, it infuriates me because young kids don't know that watching these films are so fucking influential. Like they yeah, they are affected shallow. in a very very um, deep way that's subconscious. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's why and so, I I advise parents to just you know don't let your kids to watch movies by themselves. You know yeah just sit think, with them and then talk it through afterwards yes. or even doing oh my the, god. That yeah. is my favorite that's, thing that's to do. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. I remember... I always question my kids, like, what do you think Oh, I know. That? I know, yeah. exactly. I love that you do that. That is, like, the best thing about, like, if I ever become a parent, that'll be, like, the best, fav- my favorite thing I to do. I think you always have to question them of what they think or, yeah. in this situation, what would you do? Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you have to question them. Yeah. Probably build up their critical thinking. Yeah, <laughs> and it's such a... Follow blindly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's such a great way to engage with your kids mm-hmm. and teach mm-hmm. them about the world. Like, I remember when I was in the US a couple of years ago, I had this Uber driver when I was traveling through Nashville. And then he, yep. he and I had this long drive, I think at around dawn, because I was going to the airport. And he was saying how I, I had just seen a film previous night mm-hmm. um, with another dude. I think I was on a date. It was uh-huh. weird. But anyway, um, and then um, it was the Bumblebee movie, I think. Was weird. Oh, the Transformer. Yeah, the Transformer, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it wasn't, I don't remember. But anyway, I think that's the kind of film you will go and see. No, yeah. But um, anyway, I was telling him about it, and then the Uber driver was saying how every Sunday um, he and his wife take their two kids to see a film, and then afterwards they would go to a 
restaurant and then uh-huh. talk about the film. That's nice. I just uh-huh. thought that's like the best thing ever. Yeah, you make it into family tradition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's nice. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, so the other f- film I mentioned was the half of it, which mm-hmm. is about a queer girl, Asian girl who, sorry, she's a lesbian or queer, whatever you want to call her. Um, she's into girls, right? Mm-hmm. She's um like fifteen, sixteen. She's in this town called Square Hamish, which I haven't actually googled. I don't know where it is, but it's like a in the middle of nowhere kind of very white. Um, yeah, um, and she's the only person of color character in the whole. And her movie. dad, isn't it? Her, yeah, sorry. Her dad is, um, her dad is obviously Asian, and <laughs> yeah, and she's mother motherless, um, which is interesting because in to all the boys I've ever loved, um, her mother's also dead, and also yeah, I don't Wong's, know what's with yeah, yeah maybe, and Ali Wong's maybe baby, Ali, maybe know. baby, the the yeah. mum is dead. Yeah, it's yeah. like they have to kill off the mum. Yeah. For like, the central character have any to have you any have to kind pity of... the central character because yeah, he or she exactly. doesn't have a mum. Yeah, it's really weird. Like the death of a like a very it's... structured like standard trope. tick box. Yeah, have. yeah. And it, why can't the dad die? Why is it always the mother who yeah. needs to? It's you know what I have this theory that the mother is killed off so that the main central female character can embody both the sexual young person's, young woman's sort mm. of n- trope and also mm-hmm. encompass mm-hmm. the motherly factor of it as well. Yeah, yeah. So you build, have all the characteristics just, you know... Of the perfect woman. The perfect, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like she's a, she's a young woman, but yet she's also taking on duties of like mothering. <sighs> which yeah. is so fucked up. Yeah. Like why can't a kid just be a kid? That's true. Why can't a girl just be a girl? Mm-hmm. Because she can't. So in this world, she can't. What do you think of the film apart from that she's motherless? Well, um, I thought it was uh, really badly scripted. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, a script is really the central heart of a film and it was really badly written. And I feel bad saying, this, saying all this because I really liked Alice Wu's first film, which was made decades ago, um, mm-hmm. called Saving Face. Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? No, I haven't. I heard about it yet. But yeah, it's great. Um, well, it's much better than this one because it centers up upon two lesbians who form in a relationship okay. and they're both Asian. Okay. So I thought okay. that was hot yeah. because, yeah, okay. because I think last year... That when, we haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah, well, well, let's watch it and then we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I remember last year when I was going through my sort of, I wouldn't call it a crisis, but I was like questioning mm-hmm. and questioning my own sexuality and definitely like thinking i can only date a white uh, i can only date someone who actually looks like me and mm-hmm. is also into women yeah an asian woman because like all my crushes on white women have been imbalanced because of whiteness mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah so saving face was like an awesome film where you saw two asian women getting at it and they okay. were both really hot not that mm-hmm. it matters mm-hmm. um but uh the half of it was just really it was bad because things didn't make sense that's the mm-hmm. gist of it. Like little, thi- like there were about five thousand little things in the film that didn't make sense, mm-hmm. and so you watch the film, just always being, like you were always thinking, uh, why did he do that? It doesn't make sense that he would do that, or why did she do that? Mm-hmm. Or like mm-hmm. there's this scene where uh, the love interest, who's obviously a white woman, she's mm-hmm. you know it's still the epitome of the the standard, the standard, yeah, the yeah. top sort of top-notch um, mm-hmm. person to, to to be attracted to. She lures uh, the 
the Asian character, the Asian lead character, whose name I have now forgotten. But (laughs) um, yeah, I saw it like a week ago. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, she um, lures her into this kind of like forest and in the middle of the forest, there's this swamp. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they take their clothes off, not and fully, swimming. <laughs> and then so swimming and floating, and it's like, uh, ew, that's disgusting. Like this random swamp, there might be like, yeah, because it's because you're the adult now, you gotta you gotta think that what kind the of water. the age is this film targeting? You know, the young adults you'll be talking about kids that's age between I don't know thirteen to eighteen, you know. The main focus of watching this film is about love rather yeah, than consideration well, of whether or not the water is clean. You know, as an adult ourselves, <laughs> yeah. we're like, fuck, how can you just swim in a yeah. swamp? You don't know what's, you know, what's been dead in there. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's yeah. gross. Yeah. It's so weird. It's so yeah. weird. And, um, and it was just, it, before I saw this film, I knew I was going to hate it, but I didn't know I was going to hate it in the way that I do now. <laughs> Not, I don't hate it. I just don't like it for mm-hmm. for craft reasons. Yeah, but um, yeah. I remember thinking that because the guy basically pays the Asian girl to write love letters to the girl that he has a crush on mm-hmm. and then she kind of counsels him through how to attract her, how to yeah, make her so fall in love with him. So she was like the wingman, isn't it? Yeah, and is I was like, term? oh. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh. he Like, number one, why would you ask a lo- loner who for doesn't advice. have any friends for advice? Yeah. And how does she know how to get the girl, you know? Yeah. Um, And, like, in the end, he does in some way succeed. Um, and, like, at least, and I watched it with Ali, one of my good friends, mm-hmm. um, on Saturday night, and we were, at the end, we were like, oh, my God, like, at least make sure that they kiss, like, the Asian girl and the and the main love interest kiss, and they yeah. do, thank uh-huh. God. Like, if they didn't, I'd, we, were, we were like, come on, just fucking, it needs to happen, okay? Like, uh-huh. because if it didn't, then it'll it be so heteronormative. It needs to be physical interactions. Yeah, uh-huh. like, it needs to be not so heteronormative. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but the thing is, when they did kiss, it was not very, um, it was not, it was still not very satisfying. because it, like, like she, awkward? Well, no, it wasn't an awkward kiss. It was a very quick kiss. Uh-huh. But also, um, in the end, like, um, the main character goes off to college. And then, like, we never really understand what kind of life she wanted after after that or what she was pursuing. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like the whole movie was about... Like, the whole movie was basically centred around this one question of mm-hmm. um, the many ways that we can love one another mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the different iterations of love, which I think is a very valid and interesting mm-hmm. question, yeah, but it's yeah. just, it wasn't done well. Mm-hmm. And there's also a scene at the end in a church that was absolutely cringeworthy. And if you see it, you'll know which one I'm talking about. Um, okay, I'll try to watch it maybe this week. I think you should watch it because mm-hmm. I would, I think it's... With Luke, you think? With my son? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I think you should watch it with Luke. Um mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. because, yeah, like it was a, a the the guy, the main guy, the white dude was also like really, really kind of pathetic. He didn't know how to talk <laughs> to the girl. Like he literally didn't know how to cast a conversation. Okay. Like who the fuck doesn't know how to cast a conversation? Yeah, yeah. It's so fucking weird. Like mm-hmm. you're not that pathetic. Come on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's your review of the half of it. 
Okay. Um. So can I talk about the films that I've been watched this couple of days or the yeah, past week? Okay. Um. So the first one I picked was The Big Sick. Um. Uh-huh. It's a it's a 2017 Sorry, American rom con, yeah, on on the subject of rom con, and the film portrays the real life events uh, of the protagonist Kamal Najani's uh, encounter with his wife Emily. Uh, I love it. It's it's a very good film. Uh, so I'll have a quickly go through of the story. Um, so Kamal is a Pakistani American. And with his ultra-conservative family, his family, his parents wanted him to tick the boxes that most Pakistani family had followed in America, which means that he's getting to top college, get some sort of the most respectable job, you know. Um, so in the film, Kamel lied to his parents that he was preparing to do a law. And then, of course, Mary, within the race, uh, his parents had been setting him up to meet, you know, with many Pakistani women. But, uh, however, Kumail had none of those intentions to follow the culture expectations. Uh, he is an Uber driver and does the stand-up comedy at night. Uh, that's where he met his uh, uh, wife, uh, Emily, the white woman who eventually yeah, became his wife. You know, um, I thought the, the film was a very well-paced uh it's a very well-paced movie, you know, you have a background setting of his family and you don't only have uh, have one Asian character, you actually have the whole family and you have the interactions with, you know, the clash of the culture. Have you seen the movie? I remember you mentioned that you... I saw movie. it with my best, one of my best friends, Adam, and another person, I believe, or maybe it was just me and Adam, in mm-hmm. Iowa in 2017 when we were oh, in Iowa. Okay. We were studying in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a magical evening for us. Uh-huh. And I'm glad we went to see it in yeah, Iowa. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic City. film. I think the, the pace of it and also um, I love how the... I know that I'm going to sound a bit pathetic by saying this, but I like how they portray the family dynamic hmm. and also how Kumail, it's probably because it happens in the real life. Um, his speech is very different between how he interacts with his family. Even his hmm. accent changes when he's speaking to white people. Right. Yeah, I, I picked up on that. Yeah. And, of course, the film, you know, continues with Emily falling sick and being in the induced coma for three months. And this is the time that Kumail had interaction with her parents. Mm. Yeah, do you remember the scene where he was doing the stand-up comedy and Emily's parents was in the audience watching him? Oh, with Ray Romano? Yeah, with Ray. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With Ray and then there was one white dude was calling out to him saying that go back to ISIS or something like that. Yeah. I haven't looked up whether or not that actually happened in his real life. Yeah. But I, I loved how the mum stood up for him. Yeah. You know, calling out. Like, I don't see that happen. So, I don't, I don't know. It just, to me, it doesn't seem like it would be something that happened in the real life. Yeah. Like, being calling out like calling out someone who's been racist, you know, immediately and got so frustrated. I, I Can I just that was say, mm-hmm. yeah, um, 
I I don't think I'm someone who is able to do that. Maybe because I'm too shy, or I think it's because I I'm a woman. I'm always careful about putting myself out there. Yeah, and also so, because yeah. of our race as well. If you're, yeah. I don't like, know. I, Perhaps I have you never, like, had the hierarchy sense that yeah. she could stand up and talk. Maybe, about, yeah. maybe. But I think even if I was a white woman, mm-hmm. I would think twice about standing up for someone in a public space because mm-hmm. I always, always fundamentally, first and foremost, prioritize and fear for my safety. Your own safety, yeah. Seriously, of course. Yeah. yeah. I always just. But fear. what about if you have male. I don't know, male oh, friends. Oh, that's really interesting. You. Yeah, because Would you do the this same. Was, yeah, or? there was this one time. This is like maybe the benefit of having a male partner around you, regardless mm-hmm. of their race. I remember once going to a comedy gig last year with my friend, mm-hmm. um, who who I also live with, and he's a man, and um, we we sat through this kind of very uncomfortable and sexist routine. And then afterwards, I actually went up to the guy and said, this is how you made me feel. Yeah, I went to the uh-huh. comedian who was a dude and I said, this is how I made you feel. This is how uh-huh. you made me feel. It was very sexist because of these reasons. And I remember okay. feeling really, 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 really scared. Um, basically, he had said that um, vegans, um, he was like, he made fun of vegans, which I just think okay. is the fucking stupidest thing in the world like mm-hmm. i hate people who make fun of vegans and he said oh do you know that vegans don't eat honey and then mm-hmm. he said he said um bees basically rape um flowers mm-hmm. like he said that mm-hmm. and then i went up to him later and i i remember thinking um I have to tell him this because I just want him to know it's wrong. And mm-hmm. then I said to him, oh, that rape joke about the bees and the flowers is so mm-hmm. inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And then he he was, um, I'm so grateful for this. He was actually very, very lovely. He, first of all, apologized, mm-hmm. which I think is the number one thing you do, no matter what, no matter how legitimate or not legitimate yeah. the person who is offended is, mm-hmm. you fucking always apologize. You do that number one. I think it's you're because not in- probably you're not the first one. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, I just think, um, number one, you apologize, even Mm -hmm. if you don't agree with what they say. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I can see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sorry that it came out that way. Mm -hmm. Um, He was actually very lovely about it. But I remember thinking I was only brave enough to go up to him and confront him about it because I I was with my friend James. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't with James, I don't think I would have because um, I'm too scared. Like this guy was a dude. Like what if he followed me home? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you had your friend, male friend with you. Yeah, yeah. That's why, yeah. I, I, it sounds pathetic, yeah, yeah. I had a similar situation before as well myself. This is, I don't know, it's, it's about a couple of years ago when I had like a day, day with my husband. Mm. And then um, I remember, I, I think it was at Chaswood or Hongsby. Anyway, we finished the film, we came out, and there was a bunch of high school boys you know, mm. they were just mucking around at the foyer. And you can clearly see that the the group of six or seven kid boys, they were, I don't know whether or not they're just playing around or bully, but to me it's bullying. Mm. Like one Asian kid mm. and that Asian boys tend to be, I don't know, smaller, skinnier. Mm. And they were just joking around him and like pushing him around and running around the foyer. Even the guy who was selling the popcorn thought so was funny. He was just standing behind his counter and laughing. So I stood there for like a couple, at least like two minutes and I thought that this is not right. 
Yeah. And they, they just continue, like, they, they're disregarding what's happening, you know, people, like, in the public were just, like, eyeing them or, you know, good looking at them. And I just, I, I walked up and I, I remember I, I was just shouting out to them, you know, knock it off. Like, yeah. my husband was with me, of course. Yeah. And, and then they immediately just stopped. I don't know because it's my, you know, the motherly look or something like yeah. that that stopped them. Yeah. yeah. But they kind of like got a shock and they, they just stopped. Like I wouldn't want my kid to do something like that to other boys. And I want, I'd, obviously, you know, like I don't want my boys to be the victim of the bullying. To me, they were definitely were bullying him. Like they were taking away his bag and just trying to make him fetch it or but I don't know. It's just very toxic. And they, they thought it was fun. You know, they were thinking that it's probably fun. They were laughing around. They were chucking his bags around. And mm. I just had to stop, step in and stop them. Yeah. Well, good on you. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, it's very fucked up. That's, yeah, something that we might talk about in another part about tox- toxic, I don't know, behavior around kids. Yeah, yeah. I, and and I, I I would have a, a lot to say that having taught in boys school in for boys school yeah. 10 years. yeah yeah um and another film that I've seen I'm gonna sorry I'm gonna bore you out of this I know because this is not your type of drama the other film that I've I've seen this week the Prayers of Birds uh, and and Masturbation of Harley Quinn okay can I just say before I mention mm-hmm. say something um I I think after I. I watched The Big Sick. I read about how I read some feminist takes on The Big Sick. Okay, yep. And they they said like it was kind of weird because it was it was kind of like it was sort of Sleeping Beauty kind of story. Like he fell in love with her while she was like literally oh, dead. Okay, so it's like while you were sleeping. Is that what you mean? Well, reverse while you were sleeping. Yeah, reverse or yeah, but Peter Callahan yeah. was, was the dude. <laughs> <laughs> our family's favorite film of all yeah. time yeah oh um, my god lisa's <laughs> yeah lisa. and dad's favorite as well mm-hmm. who told <laughs> um, yeah soul yeah um we gotta take spend a whole podcast on that seriously yeah. santa bullock oh my god and bill 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 pullman yeah oh uh-huh. and the donuts gallagher mm-hmm. and sons the truck yeah. oh my god anyway okay so yeah. The critics were talking about that it's what like a sleeping just anti feminist uh-huh. because like he fell in love with her and the whole movie she didn't do anything but sleep she was like unconscious the whole time. So oh, there was kind of I don't know. It's a bit more like it's a bit That's more race focused, culturally intersect mm. rather than you're focusing on the gender. I think. I mean, she she could have not to pursue him, you know, but. I don't know. But then they did end up together at the end. In real life as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, so um, I have to say I did watch like 45... Uh, I watched 75% of The Birds of Prey. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Um. So the reason that you didn't finish? It was too violent. I hate uh, violence. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So the, it's... it's uh, um, follow-up of the other DC comic film Suicide Squad which I watched the first time for half an hour and I stopped in because I want to watch the MS I can't even pronounce the word of the Harley Quinn The Birds of Prey later. Emancipation so, yeah Emancipation so I went back to finish the Suicide Squad before I watched this one um 
I love the little Asian kid in her film. Oh, she's really cute, hey? Yeah, she's brilliant, I think. You know, even so that the whole three out of movie, there's no portrayal of Asian cultures and things like that. But I, you know, she's, but I don't feel like she's one of those typical model minorities that you've seen regularly portrayed yeah. in the Asian on screen, you know? Yeah. So her name is Ella J. Basco. She's uh-huh. 13 years old. She's wow. only 13. So her, yes. her dad is Filipino and the mom's Korean. Awesome. Um, so in the film, she played Cassandra Kang, uh, a oh, pick. Yeah. Yeah, the pickpocket in Gotham. Yeah. yeah, so you know you what you need, you do what you need to do to survive in Gotham. Yeah, and did you pick up that the? Do you remember that the other Asian actress in the film was Ali Wong? Yeah, she was the yeah. lawyer or something, right? Yeah, she played the uh, district attorney. Yeah, in the <laughs> Gotham City. The scene, there's so a, weird. It was so weird. Yeah, it's a bit like strange. That. Anyway, so she. For the character that she was playing, the attorney E, um, she's the ex-girlfriend of that um, female cop in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And another Asian character that I will have to emphasize is Doc, the <laughs> the, the Taiwanese grandpa. You know, Harlan could refer him as a Taiwanese grandpa that, you know, um, oh. offered her uh, like a, a place to stay. Oh. In um, on top of his restaurant, which eventually that got raided right. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, um, the director of this film is um, American Chinese Cassie Yen. She How do you know that? was a reporter for LA Times and Wall Street Journal before she turned into filmmaking. And That's so cool. I That's know. Really cool. So, I guess she has seen a lot of you know size of stories and. So she has been a producer um, as well before she started directed uh, Birth of Prey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a, a, a couple of critics that saying that it's a feminist film. You know how Harley Quinn is finally having to tell her own stories without being an accessory of either Joker or Batman. Yeah, yeah. And it also portrays that how female kind of anti-heroines, you know, vigilante yeah. take upon fighting the real crimes you know from what yeah. i've seen or what i've heard about the the comic um i know that we're you know we're focusing on the issue of racing in this episode but i also wanted to just quickly introduce you know harley quinn's pack from this comic you know black canary huntress and the female cop montaya and so apparently according to the comic that it's not so much a group of heroes fighting you know like how we what we watch usually in Hollywood is like evil versus good or very black and white. Yeah, you know, how yeah. we see in Captain of Marvel and Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, this group is a bit, bit more like vigilantes and how the Harley Quinn uses criminals in the Birds of Prey and other characters she teamed up and they target the actual everyday crimes like rape, perpetrators or human yeah. traffickers. Yeah. Yeah. I um I I found it really hard. I think the one thing I found super hard to get over was Hugh Ewan McGregor playing the bad guy. Oh yeah, because I fucking love Ewan McGregor because he's always been playing a good guy. Yeah, Is that what you he's mean? Not a bad guy. Oh. He's just too beautiful. Like oh. Obi Wan Kenobi. Like, yeah, it's hard to yeah. Well, when I look because I, I didn't watch any trailers of it. I watched it. Uh, I was watching the film with Sean, my husband, and then um. When he first appeared on the screen, and Sean's like, "Is that Obi Wan?" 
<laughs> no, it's Ewan McGregor. <laughs> yeah, it's Ewan McGregor. I say, yeah, it's Ewan McGregor. He's playing I the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. You mean it's hard to accept him playing a villain? Is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah. I just, his face is too good. Mm. He doesn't have a villainy face. I like him to. Oh, I can't, I kind of can. Can imagine him as a villain. Like can a you? Not, not a villain, but kind of like a. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's this is the word "ghetto" is appropriate to describe because have you seen him in trends spotting? Yeah. yeah, it's a bit more kind of like yeah, in I a know. lower social perspective. Yeah, so but it doesn't mean he's bad. No, of course not. Yeah, but it's just yeah. Uh, has does has he played any other characters that's similar to the ones in Birds of Raya? Oh, I feel like in the last few years, Ewan McGregor has popped up in so many weird places. I actually don't remember, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like I honestly can't think of. Like in the in my <laughs> in my head, he's always just Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Yeah, Even he's, he's been typecast. <laughs> yeah, prolific role since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. I love him. But um, I I read an amazing profile of um, Margot Robbie. Okay. Um, in Vanity Fair, I believe it was Vanity Fair or mm-hmm. Harper's. Um, about two weeks ago, and it's great. And she she's like she seems like someone who's actually not. Stupid. Not that I assume all actors are stupid, mm-hmm. but um, she, um, the Birds of Prey was her baby. Like she really had okay. to, she really had to bend a lot of arms, and um, her own production company funded that film. Okay, okay. She, she really oh, wow, that's wonderful. It herself, yeah. yeah. And she, yeah, she, she was like you know um, Reese Witherspoon and you know other women who have branched out and made their own production companies because they refused to only take up roles that were given to them. And she just found that a lot of the roles Mm -hmm. she was given by her agent, um, by, you know, a lot of big movie makers, Mm -hmm. um, the women in these scripts were all side characters or they were all supporting a male lead. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, no, I don't want that. I want a lead, you know? So it's, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I think, I'll definitely yeah. link that article in the show notes. It was such okay. a great article. Yeah, I think that's really the reason made, that yeah? I, I actually quite like this film, even though it's not when, <laughs> like, we're talking about race on this podcast, but I, I really like that film in the sense that um, not only <laughs> not only she um, cast <laughs> Ewan McGregor as a villain, but there's a lot more... Um, female it's really like you say it's really centered on female characters yeah and also i really loved it like how when she um introduced uh the taiwanese quote you know taiwanese grandpa that mm. rather than using the asian grandpa or the chinese grandpa she actually yeah. emphasized on Taiwan. Taiwanese, yeah, yeah Taiwanese exactly. grandpa I like which i too. loved it yeah it's it's good yeah um like you said that um the 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 position that she was be trying been trying to cast by her agency, I think um, the experience is very same for a lot of Asian Americans, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, in the very early days, they were being cast as servants or 
what long laundry man or yeah. just and yeah, exactly. that's first of all a man and as for woman it's usually like prostitutes or someone who serves a white man. Yeah. Those are the in the earlier films, you know, it's yeah, it's shit. It's really shit, yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing that that it's still a it's still a, a bizarre thing to have a, a a woman be the center of a story mm-hmm. in a Hollywood film. Yeah. And do you know that? Um, so apparently, that create cra- sorry, cra- crazy rich Asians. The um, he he said that there's a very it's still a very white defaulted in Hollywood. Mm. And when he, pre- uh, the author Kevin Kwan, that he, when he first uh, presented the idea into a production uh, amongst a lot of you know pro- producers, there was within a group that there was a. Um, he said that there's one prominent producers say that oh, I would be interested to do this if we can change Rachel, which is the uh, female protagonist yeah, in the film. Constance Wu, yeah, yeah. We can we could change um, Rachel into a white girl. Yeah. So, it's like, gosh, you know, I've already written this story, yeah, and you're telling me that I should be changing, you know, the character, and also it's the same with um, uh, what the I remember all the, you say that uh, all the film, all the boys to the all the boys I love, yeah, yeah, uh, apparently that the um. The author faced the same um, obstacle as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jenny Lee, I think. Yeah. So apparently, there's a, a lot of interest that faded when she told the you know the group of filmmakers saying that um, Laura Jean has to be Asian. Asian, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of producers didn't understand why she has to be Asian. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's so ludicrous. I'm glad the- that it, the film has been made. You know, even yeah. though. It, and I it's mean, exact the exact same story happened to Alice Wu, the girl, the woman who made the director who made um, Saving Face and the half of it. Okay. I read a profile on her in the New York Times about a week ago, and she said um, the first thing when when she was making Saving Face, mm-hmm. she brought it to producers, and the first thing they said was, "Okay, we don't want two Asians. Let's just change oh. it to two white women." Ugh. It's always our race. It's always the yeah. first thing that they want to change. Gosh. It's like it's just it's just. People don't understand. It's yeah. like the first thing that it's like, it's just, I don't even know how to put into words. If you don't anymore. have Asians on film or on screen, like we're talking about representation, you know, we're always talking about representation and then it's it's nice to talk about it, but when you don't, don't actually do the actions and put the, you know, put the Asians on screen and, you know, there's, there's no progress in it. Do you know what it feels like? The... It's so it's so violent when the first thing they say is, like, if my book, A Lonely Girl is a Dangerous Thing, mm-hmm. if it may ever make, if it ever is brought into a film, and the yeah, first thing will. <laughs> I'm expecting will be like, can we make the uh, can we make the the central character a white woman? It's almost like saying, um, can we can we mold? Can we when they say when they say can we change this character to white? They're basically saying, can we wipe your face off? Yeah, like it's so visceral and violent. It's, it's basically like saying, it's you're insane. not you worth don't it. exist. Yeah, you don't exist. It's like this character's race or background is not worth it. Like you, we have it as a white person, you will make 
more money. I know that's one of the reason, which is a very fucking shit reason. Yeah, yeah. But it also means that oh, we'll get more people to watch it and all things like that. But fuck, it's it's not. I don't know. It yeah, I feel tired about arguing about this, but it is. It still exists, and we still have to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um. It's just. It's just it's really interesting how in all of these films that you and I have just listed, mm-hmm. all these directors, the first thing, the very first thing that the producers say to them is change the race. Mm-hmm. That's really, really so apparently, you, don't you, you know, think? Yeah, um, this is from GQ, you know, one of the articles in GQ. So apparently some people are saying that there's a cynical view that Hollywood only wants to make more Asian-ly content to int- to, in order to attract Chinese audience. I don't think that's really true. Oh, I mean, you'll okay. watch for the film. Re- I mean, we will probably watch for the sake because it's got diversity in it. But I also want to know that it's a good film. You know, like it took me a long time to watch Crazy, Crazy Rich Asians because I didn't think it was a good storyline that I want to go and watch. Yeah, not for the sake because it's all Asians. But, yeah, I I remember yeah. a lot of and and I like I say my all my friends are white. When 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 Crazy Rich Asians did come out, all mm-hmm. of my friends asked me, "How do you feel about it, Jesse?" Oh, why did I ask you that? Oh, because they're interested in what I have to think about. This, <laughs> oh, okay, this apparently like Asian massive thing representation uh-huh. film. Uh-huh. And I said to them, "It doesn't feel like anything at all to me. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel monumental because." Because I related more closely to another film that mm-hmm. actually centered on a white character than anyone in Crazy Rich Asians, because yeah. because in Crazy Rich Asians they were basically the the most like I'm two thousand folds removed from people like Rachel and yeah I know and like her husband you, like the, don't that really, world yeah. is so beyond me that I was just like. It didn't even matter that their faces were Asian. It yeah. was that ludicrous. Like they were so mm-hmm. rich that it just was totally, to me, detached yeah. from my face. Yeah, I don't think because it's so not not so much as it's not it's abnormal, but it's so much it's it not, is abnormal. But it's, it's so abnormal. It's not re- relevant. It's not relevant to anyone's yeah, life. People like us. Yeah, it's like top zero point zero 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 one percent of yeah. Asians probably that yeah, will probably and feel. I- you know, yeah, yeah, and like they could have been, um, they could have been, they could have been um, sloths or monkeys or or, or like even white. It, it or feels they could to be me, white, it's or they just could a be Arab. white film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah they I it was they purposely film. put Asians into that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so like they could have, they could have, um, super super imposed, um, like the face of. Um, Elmo on mm-hmm. each of the faces on each of these different like characters mm-hmm. in the film, mm-hmm. and it would have had the same effect on me. Like yeah. it just did not matter that <laughs> yeah. I saw Constance Wu's face and Henry uh-huh. Golding's face because they're just like so. Also, I just don't like Constance Wu. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think she's a good actress, mm-hmm. even though she's Taiwanese, and I should root for Taiwanese people. Yeah, but you also have to look at the skills. Like, I don't, I don't think that we should just go for the race. We, we really have yeah. to look at the skills of individuals. Yeah, yeah. I but I always kind of, I always kind of, I do always kind of perk up whenever I hear about a Taiwanese person penetrating the Western world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a big deal for me. Like, for yeah. instance, this morning I wrote an article about Lisa Sue. 
Okay. Who is um, the CEO of Micro Advanced Something Something Devices? Mm, and <laughs> that shows how. Is... Yeah, that shows how um, um, how much I remember what I write. Uh, she um, went to the US um, and then she studied the MIT mm-hmm. when she was three years old. Um, she went to the US um, and like she's the niece of this other Taiwanese billionaire. Oh, uh, okay. So she's um, set up. I think, <laughs> I, I think their family, I'm not saying that like, she comes from a place of wealth or whatever, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just mean Taiwanese, like there are a lot of amazing Taiwanese people out there. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. So even though that it would, like we're talking about race, you would want to focus on race in, in this episode, you know, even though that, um, we would probably be getting all more Asians on screen, you know, even Asian superheroes, you know, Netflix, I think there's a there's one coming out from Marvel called Sun Chi, but it's still a product of two white dudes. We don't get to do it on our own terms. Is, you know, oh, is, yeah, Asian yeah, characters the on the screens are still uh, expected to tell only Asian stories. Yeah. You know. So is this um the Marvel character, is this a white is this an Asian dude? Yeah, it's an the, Asian dude. Yeah. I think he's the guy from um, Kim's Convenience. Yep, yep, store, yep. Right? yeah, 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 yeah. He's very Sumi, handsome. Sumi, I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah, oh, just on the so quickly on this yeah. <laughs> something I read really funny about um, crazy rich Asians. <laughs> you know, um, someone said that imagine that Downtown Abbey was called stuffy rich white people <laughs> instead. You yeah, know, it's it's but like, it is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But you, why do you have to emphasize it on Asian? You know, it's just a bit. I don't know. Maybe it just didn't. It just didn't suit our taste. Yeah, I also didn't yeah. appreciate that it was such a big thing. It was such a big. Yeah, deal. they make it so big. I know. I like, they made it so big. I'm like, what the fuck? It's. It's like, look at me. You know, we have all Asians. Also, I'm really sorry to be so discriminatory, but Henry Golding does not look Asian. Come on. Yeah, there, there's also the argument whether or not that he, that they could have cast, a, you know, a bit more Asian. But that, that's that's another debate we we need yeah. to talk about whether or I know, not you know yeah. you have mixed kids that you know half Asian and half white. Yeah, we shouldn't delegitimize they, them. Yeah, yeah. How, Just how do they identify white. themselves? Yeah. Yeah, I remember going to a comedy festival a few years ago with two good friends, um, mm-hmm. Miriam and Adrian, and um, it was the 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 um, the the evening was called Asian Australian Comedy. <laughs> okay, um, like uh, only for Asian comedians. Okay, and uh-huh. and and we sat through about eight comedians, and seven of them, I kid you not, seven of them were a half, ha- half, yep, yeah, half yeah. Aussies, yeah. And I remember being like really, I remember thinking, what the fuck? Where are the four Asians? <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, I'm so discriminatory. Like I'm discounting you should, these guys yeah, you just because they're half white. Be able to, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. that's not nice of me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's it for today. Yeah, um, that was great to chat. Yeah, fantastic. And now everyone go and watch a lot of it and talk <laughs> yeah. about stuff. Brilliant. Okay. Bye for now. Okay. We'll catch you next week. Okay. Bye. Make sure you review us on Apple um, Podcasts and uh, we will see you next week. Eat well and be safe.